The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Amen. Every time God wants to change your life, He sends you a word. Revelation is what facilitates transformation. All change is rooted in revelation. Change of status, change in character, change in behavior, all change is rooted in revelation. So if God wants to change you, he sends you a word. Are you all there? So we are going to be looking at how to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Firstly, we have established the fact that the Holy Spirit is God himself. In John 4 verse 24, the old King James, the Bible says God is a spirit. God is a spirit. You see that? And in Genesis 1 verse 2, the Bible says the spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. So if God is a spirit and the spirit of God is a person like we learned and the Spirit of God is God. Because God is holy and God is a spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. In Acts 5, verse 3 to 4, Peter said, Ananias, why is it and feel that he had to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Next. It says, why is it remain? Was it not in thy own? And after it was so, was it not in thy power? Why has thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So to lie to the Holy Spirit is to lie to God. So the Holy Spirit is God. Are we together? All right, we're looking at how to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So number one, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. Because the Holy Spirit is exclusively for believers. The Holy Spirit is exclusively for believers. It's an exclusive gift. Amen? All right. Now look at this. In John 7, beginning from verse 37... John 7, 37, the Bible says on the last day, the great day of the feast, it says, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. All right, next. It says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, for out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart. Now look at this. It says, he who believes in me. So the Holy Spirit is for believers. It's for every child of God. Verse 39. Look at this, 39. It says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit is for believers. Say that when we say the Holy Spirit is for believers. Yeah, it's for believers. It's not for unbelievers. There are some people who are not born again and say, I want the Holy Spirit. No, you've got to be born again first. It's a gift that God gives his children. In Acts 2, verse 38. It says, let's read from verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you can see that the Holy Spirit is for believers. You see that? So there are people who are not born again. They want the Holy Spirit. They like what we say the Holy Spirit does. And no, no, you've got to be born again first. Then he says in verse 39, look at this. It says, for the promise is, is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. That means it's for you, it's for your children, it's for everyone to, uh, to all that are far off 
and as many as the Lord our God will call. So it's for every believer. The Holy Ghost is for every believer. Are we together? Now, if you look at Acts 8, verse 14, Acts 8, verse 14, the Bible says, When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Next, verse 15, it says, Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. You see that? So after they got born again, the apostles sent Peter and John to them that they might pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. It is obvious from the Word of God that if you are born again, you should receive the Holy Spirit. You see that? It's for believers only. In Acts 19, let's begin from verse 1. Acts 19, beginning from verse 1. It says, And it happened while apostles are current that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Look at verse 2. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said, We have not so much as well whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into just baptism. Next. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that, that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. That means John said his disciples should believe on Jesus Christ. These were John's people. They were baptized by John, and they were waiting for the Messiah. Verse, verse 5 now. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means they became born again. All right? And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Okay, Jesus is the Holy Ghost. So we used to do those things. So we need to have that, that if you're born again, you should receive the Holy Spirit. It's only for born again people. You see that? Next, number one, you must be born again. Number two, we said you should be filled with the Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is priceless in the Christian experience. It empowers us to live out our convictions and be witnesses for Christ. You cannot fully live the Christian life without the help of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus believed that you cannot do it without the help of the Holy Spirit, then why do you think you can in Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said, Tarry in Jerusalem until you endure the power from an eye. Luke 24, verse 49. He says, Tarry in Jerusalem until you endure the power from an eye. Wait. The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit empowers you to fulfill destiny. You need the Holy Spirit like yesterday. If you're born again and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're missing too much in your destiny. Ain't no matter job, the job you do. You know, some people feel that it's only pastors that need the Holy Spirit. No, it doesn't matter what you do. In the Bible, kings were anointed. Those are political leaders. See, you need the Holy Spirit even in politics. Many people don't know that. In Genesis 41 verse 38, uh, Pharaoh was talking to Joseph. He says, in Pharaoh said to the servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Verse 39, please. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there's no one as designing as wise as you. Verse 40, you shall be over my house and over all my people, shall be ruled according to your word. Only regard to the throne will I be greater than you. So you can see that even if you're in politics, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what you do. In Exodus 31, reading from verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I have... See, I have called my name as a leader, the son of Uri, the son of all of the tribe of Judah. Verse 3, I have filled them with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. That word is all manner of business. All manner of occupation. The word is melaka, M-E-L-A-K-A, melaka. Melaka refers to occupation, business. 
any kind of work. So whatever job you do, you need the Holy Spirit. And many people don't know that. They say, I'm not a pastor. Why do I need to speak in tongues? I don't, hey, if you do life without the Holy Spirit, you are telling God you're smarter than him. And since God is the only wise God, you're being foolish. You say, why did you say that? If you're being foolish, you've not received the Holy Spirit if you're refusing to receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 15. Let me let the Bible speak for itself. I didn't say that. It's because it says, see then, watch this, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. It says, walk circumspectly. The word circumspectly, you've learned if you're a CRIC member, is acribus, A-K-R-I-B-U-S. Acribus means perfectly, purposefully, purposefully, and accurately. So it says, see that you walk purposefully, circumspectly, perfectly, and accurately. Not as fools, but as wise. Okay, what are you talking about, God? Verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Next. It says, therefore, do not be unwise. Don't be foolish. But understand what the will of God is. What is the will of God? Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's God's will that every child of God should receive the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus said, if you believe in me, you should receive the Holy Spirit. Plus, uh, I don't like tongues. You're telling me you're smarter than God? You need many things about your life you don't even know. There are many things about your life you can't remember. And God, who knows everything about your life, knows your life, knows your past, your present, and your future. And he tells you, get filled with the Holy Spirit, you think you're smarter than him? That's why it says, you're being foolish because he's wise. Because every step away from the word of God is a step in foolishness. Are you following me? So number two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, Jesus told them, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In Luke 4 verse 1, Jesus himself was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, and then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by Spirit into the wilderness. If Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, you're telling me you don't need him? If Jesus, who is God manifested in the flesh, needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are not looking for how you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's ignorance gone to see. Are you following me? All right, number three. Be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit of God. The more you yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the greater intimacy you have with Him. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is vital to, the, to your capacity to present truth from falsehood. And we learned in first service, we talk about the inward witness. In Romans 8 verse 16, the Bible says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's an inward witness, this inward knowing. See, your inward knowing. Romans 9 verse 1 says, I tell the truth in Christ, I lie not. See, so I told you that I'm not lying. My conscience also bear me witness on the Holy Spirit. Your conscience will walk with the Holy Spirit. He will let you know what is right to do. He will let you know what is right to do. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. In Proverbs 20 verse 21, sorry, 20 verse 27, Proverbs 20, 27, it said, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. It says, searching all the inner depths of the heart. Oak and James says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You know, now notice, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying, you better pay attention to what your spirit is saying. How do I know what my spirit is saying? What my conscience is saying. You wanted to go for a trip, you wanted to travel, you started feeling discomfort, restlessness in your spirit. Don't travel. You don't have to travel. You don't have to go anywhere. Then they'll come and say, I thank God. God delivered me. And there was a terrible accident. It's just a few cuts on my body. I praise God. Hey, the Holy Ghost was there to lead you. See, if you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you will have a sweeter and better life. In Psalm 23, verse 3, the Bible says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. In other words, if the Holy Spirit leads you, it will lead you in a path of righteousness. See, it will lead you in the right way. You won't fall into sin. Then if you look at Psalm 5, verse 8, the Bible tells us that it says, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, before my face. In other words, when you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you overcome your enemies. There are traps set for you every day. The devil sets traps for you every day. The people who envy you set traps for you every day. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you will avoid those traps. Be led by the Spirit. You develop an intimacy. The voice of God becomes clearer the more you listen to him. The more you hearken to him. Number four, fellowship with the word. Fellowship with the word. By reading and meditating on the word. Fellowship with the word by reading and meditating on the word. As you align your thinking in line with the truth of God's word, you enter into a deeper state of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the word. In Acts 10 verse 44, the Bible says, Why Peter yet spoke these words? The Holy Spirit fell on all, the, all those who heard the word. See, so you want to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot rebel against the word of God. I'm intimate with the, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. What is the truth? The word of God. John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. You see that? So if you learn to fellowship with the word of God, you'll find out the influence of the Holy Spirit will be stronger in your life. To be stronger in your life. Are you following me? I said, are you following me? All right. Now look at this. Romans 8, 5 to 8, amplified. Romans 8, 5 to 8. Look at this. It says, But those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. In other words, God says, whatever you are passionate about is what you are focused on. Passion is a function of focus. Whatever you desire is what you're thinking about. You cannot desire what you don't think. You cannot be tempted by what you don't desire. So if I change my thinking, I'll regulate my desire, then temptation becomes weaker. See, whatever you desire is what Satan will tempt you with. But your desire is a function of your thinking. It says, those who are controlled according to the, according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things to gratify the flesh. Do you know for the most part, we make excuses and say, this is my weakness, this is my... Sincerely speaking, that's your focus. If you change your focus, whatever was your weakness begins to die. Because your weakness is something that controls you, something that dominates you. Look at this. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. Why do they pursue it? Because they set their minds on it. Addiction is a function of focus. 
What you feed is what will control your life. So whatever is controlling your life is what you're feeding. It says, but those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desire of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things to gratify the Holy Spirit. So why is it that somebody does what God wants? Because that's the focus of his mind. You are leaving out your mental focus. Whatever you're thinking about is what controls your life. Whatever you're thinking about is what you desire. So, I don't know, Apostle, this is just my weakness. I don't know why it is. Hey, I can tell you, that's what you focus on. See, so you need to spend time with the Word. Keep your mind on the Word. Read the Word. So you can be religious and at the same time live a life full of sin. Because the contents of a man's mind is what determines his character. The contents of a man's mind is what determines his character. The contents of his mind. Look at verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? Saints and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. Death that comprises all the mysteries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. In other words, it says, if you don't get your thinking right, it'll affect your body. So right now, the condition of your body is a reflection of the condition of your mind. That's why the Bible tells us in 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, that wish above all things, that you may prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. Notice, even as it is conditioned on your soul. See, so your mental condition is what determines your physical condition. Your body right now reflects the state of your mind. If you change the state of your mind, you change the condition of your body. It's called in medicine or psychology, psychosoma. The influence of the mind on the body. Psychosoma. So it matters how you think. See, so you need to fellowship, fellowship. Fellowship of the Word of God. Fellowship of the Word of God. It says, Now in the mind of the faith with his sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. Death that comprises all the mystery arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. Both now and forever. Look at verse 7. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. And for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Look at this next verse. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, carrying to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God and be acceptable to him. Did you see that? So the more you fellowship with the word of God and, and do what the word of God says, you become pleasing. You, you, you become satisfactory to the Holy Spirit. There's intimacy. Intimacy. Fellowship with the word. Tell someone fellowship with the word. Yeah. Fellowship with the word. Hallelujah. Okay, in John 6, verse 6 to 3, Jesus said, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You see that? The word of God is spirit. So, rebelling against the word is rebelling against the spirit. See? So, it's so important that you, you get into the word and fellowship with the word so that you can, you can be intimate with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Peter 1, verse 20, the Bible tells us, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, the, the, prophet, the Scripture is not human opinion. Verse 21, it says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is the voice of the Holy Spirit captured in print. The Bible is the voice of the Holy Spirit captured in print. So when you're reading the Bible, you're reading the words of the Spirit. You see that? So you want to know what the Holy Spirit wants you to do? Check the Bible. 
And when you get to a point, you don't find it in scripture, like when I should go to Lagos or Bielsa or Bahamas or wherever. See, the Holy Ghost will not lead you from within. See, we move from the known to the unknown. In divine guardians, move from the known to the unknown. And that's how we study the word of God so we can, we can actually access the known will of God to move to the unknown will of God. See, let me give you some insights. There are certain things somebody says, hey, no, that person cannot say that. You know why? You know the person. You know the person. So now this unknown part, you say, no, the person cannot say that. But yet you've never heard them say they didn't say that. Then you go to the person and say, I cannot say that. I, say, ah, I said it. I said you cannot say that. Because you move from the known to the unknown. So if you don't know the word of God, you cannot discern the voice of the spirit. See, the, knowing the word is the key to developing discernment. Knowing the word is the key to developing discernment. So if you want to know the voice of God, then get into the word of God because the word of God is the voice of God captured in print. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. Say all scripture. Say to me now, say all scripture. Now, that means every part of the Bible, all scripture is given by the, the inspiration of God. That word is theonustos. Theonustos. That's T-H-E-O-P-N-E-U-S-T-O-S. Theonustos. It means to blow into. To blow into. That means these men did it under the, the Spirit of God was influencing them while they were writing. So if you give your time to the Word of God, you're giving time to the Holy Spirit. Some people think they want to know the Holy Spirit just to keep your mind blank. Holy Spirit, are you there? No, we are not in Eastern mysticism. You get into the Word of God and you're reading the Bible, then it talks to you and says, my son. You say, Whoa, I heard God. Your future is certain. Your future is secure. You write it down. And you're knowing the voice of God. See? So how do I flow in the prophetic? How do I see in the spirit? How do I know these things? Because I spend time with the Word. You see that? I spend time with the Word. So if you want to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit, spend time with the Holy Spirit. Are you all there? And how do we do it? Spend time in the Word. Number five, quickly. Do the Word. Do the Word. Doing the Word strengthens your spirit. As you do the Word, the Holy Spirit envelops your life with His presence. See, the more you do the Word, for instance, in John 14, verse 21, Jesus is talking here. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, keeps them, it is he who loves me. So Jesus said, true love is expressed in obedience. True love is expressed in loyalty. It says, he who loves me, he it is that keeps my commandments. Say, say who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he, he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him, guess this, and I will manifest myself to him. We all know theologically Jesus is seated in heaven. So how does he manifest himself to us here? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, you want manifestations of the Spirit in your, in your life consistently, then you need to be a doer of the word. Verse 22. Jesus answered, and Judas not in Cairo said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Because the word manifest means to reveal. See? To exhibit yourself. You want to see divine exhibition in your life? God showing his power through your life? Then be a doer of the word. Don't be a rebel against the word. Be a doer of the word. 
Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So Jesus said, if you love me, you do my word. Do you do the word of God? And I know the Bible says that, but you know that, hey, you're saying, hey, I don't love him. Every time you contradict the word of God by the opinion of men or by your own reason, you're saying, I do not love God. Because Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Message translation, please. Look at this message, MSG. It says, because a loveless word said, said Jesus, it's a sightless word. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word, and my father will love him, will move right into the neighborhood. In other words, the presence of God will come real to you. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes the presence of the Father and the presence of Jesus real to us. 23 again, please. NLT, New Living Translation. It says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. All who love me will do. Do you do what he says? All who love me will do what I say. I've, have you seen that? And I know the Bible says that. I know. It's not I don't know. I know the Bible. But, you see, you've got to understand sometimes, you know, sometimes you're saying sometimes you don't love God. Sometimes you just want to show God you don't love him. All who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and will come and make our home, watch this, with each of them. Who? Those who love me. You start carrying what we call the manifest presence of God. You cannot be around me and not feel the presence of God. He showed me this many years ago. The key, God, I said, Lord, how do I carry your manifest presence 24-7? And he showed me this. We'll make our home with him. We'll, uh, the, the, we'll settle down with him. And I shared with you some time ago that uh, in my house in Benin, as a young single person, when people come to my house, so I said, don't stay in the sitting room. He said, I want to stay in the sitting room. I said, oh, if you stay in the sitting room, the Lord walks around in the sitting room. You will see Jesus. I remember one guy came to my house, Abel Avara, and, um, and when he came to the house, I said, Abel, why don't you go to the room? I said, no, I want to stay in the sitting room. I said, if you sit in the room, Jesus is going to be walking. So the next day I came, I saw him sitting close to the wall. I said, David, what happened? So I saw him. I saw his feet. He was walking around the house. He said, we'll come and make our home with him. Would you like your house to be the Jesus address in your area? He will move into the neighborhood. But it starts with you saying, whatever God says in his word, I will do it. That's where it starts. He moves into the neighborhood. I remember one time a lady came to the house and... Um, so I, when she got there, they, I heard she was not feeling well. So I said, how are you now? I said, when I got to the, to the house and I put my, my step, as I stepped there, I recovered. It moves into the neighborhood. You want his manifest presence. We know God is everywhere, but his manifest presence is not everywhere. It's only for those who... When they see it in the Bible, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. He said, health is for me. I want health. He said, I can prosper. I'll prosper. He said, I should tithe. I'll tithe. He said, I should. Yeah, you want it. Whatever he says, I want it. Why? So you always enjoy his manifest presence. We will come. Jesus said, we will come. We will come, Father and Son, and make our home with him. That means his address becomes our address. What a house. What a house. What a place to live in. 
What a place to live in. What a place to live in. Think about it. What a place to live in. Where Jesus makes your house his house. Your address is address. What a, what a place to live in. What a house. See, that's what he wants your house to be. But in many houses, it's horror, nightmares, children having nightmares. The devil made his house there. They watch all kind of horror movie, all kind of violent movies, all kind of nonsense music. Before you know the child is saying, Mommy, I want drinks more stuff. Because the devil is in the house. A brother took knife or blade and cut the other brother. We don't have such stories in our house. Because Jesus lives there. Is he living in your house? Oh, the child is having epilepsy. Oh, God, oh, God. Is he living in the house? Hey, this child is dying in hospital, hospital. A pastor, is he living in the house? Because all his enemies fall back at his presence. Why are they not falling back? Is he living in your house? I know the Bible says that, but you know, as a new generation exposed and civilized individual, you've got to use your critical thinking to analyze the scheme of things. And uh, all right, says we've got to pack out here. We're living here, but the manifest presence is not here. Many houses here Jesus packed away from. Says, is it possible Jesus packed away from a house? Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking from outside. If any man open, opens the door, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens, I will come into him and dine with him and eat with me. So Jesus is outside. He's in your house. You always argue. I know that's what the Bible says. It's not I don't know. But you see, you've got to understand. Sometimes you know that. Hey, 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 child of God. You're kicking him out of your house. Now they're crying a child has died. You kicked him out of your house. Who killed the child? The devil did. If the boss was there, his enemies fall back at his presence. What's the attitude of the word of God? Uh, you know, I know it's the Bible. Me, I know. But you see, sometimes, you know, you're telling the Lord that sometimes you can stay and sometimes you shouldn't. They wanted to attack a guy, a lady rather, some guys. They've been robbing people in part of America. And they saw this lady, and the lady was scared. She was by a car, she was scared. And they ran away. So when they arrested them later, they caught them. They said, there was this lady they wanted to rob. And when they saw her, there was this huge angel with drawn sword. They took off. She didn't even know there was an angel there because she was scared. Is in your house. Is in your car. Is in your phone. Because some of you, your phones, all you do is watch nonsense and pornography and all that. I, my phone was stolen. My phone was missing. My phone was missing. I use phones until I give it to another person as an inheritance. 
is in your house, is in your car, is in your business, is he in your business? And we, you know, sometimes you have to lie, you know, it's just part of the thing, you know, it's a businessman's thing. No, it's a devil thing. Because every time you lie, based on Acts 5, 3 to 4, you are under the influence of Satan. Every time you lie, based on John 8, 44, is the father of Satan and the father of lies. So every time you lie, you're under the influence of Satan. So if Satan is the one influencing you, then who is manifesting where you are? So who is in your business? Who is in your shop that you always break into it? Who is in your shop? They were robbing on a, on a line of shops. They got to someone's shop and passed the shop and continued to the other shops. Why did they leave that shop? Is that not a shop? It's a shop, but there's somebody there. Who is in your business? Jesus said, we will come and make our board with him. We will come. Who's manifesting in your body? You know, Apostle, you know, you can be a Christian and fornicate sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You know, we are all human beings. Sometimes you fall, sometimes you stand. No, I don't understand. No, Apostle, you, okay, you are an Apostle. You will not understand fully. Hey, I'm a human being. I eat like you. But I have a different focus. I want a manifest presence. Who is manifesting in your body? Who is manifesting in your body? Who is manifesting in your body? I close with this. When I was going to get married to my wife, and um, I and the minister were discussing about marriage, and he said something, he said, you don't, he said, you don't need to be afraid of anything when it comes to marrying you. He said, because you are the man you give the seed. It is what is in you, you transfer to the next generation. So man, what kind of seed will you transfer to the next generation? I will come and make my abode with him. Yesterday we were discussing about Jesus, me and my three children and, my, and their mother. And um, Alice was asking me, he said, what kind of crown does Jesus wear? We're discussing about the crown of Jesus. And I, and then I said, um, have you seen him? She said, yeah, I've seen him. But when I saw him, he wasn't wearing a crown. I said, sometimes he doesn't wear his crown, depending on how he manifests. You see, it's like, oh, shh. Can't share some things now. Arrest my kids. All heads bowed. All eyes closed. What is your attitude to the word of God? Is God's word final authority in your life? When his word becomes final authority, God will do whatever it takes to manifest himself in your world. Is God's word final authority? What God says is the final authority or you see use your head and say, let's reason it out. I beg, let's not take this in too far. This is modern day. Or you say, Jesus, whatever you say is what I will do. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, 
Our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wiley Fessor, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Borough Expressway, Biogulu, Yenegua, Bioso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003 382 7072 or 005 120 4708. God bless you.